So this is my life map. <laughs> I really had went through in my mind how I wanted to do this and I felt like recording it would be the best way. So here we go. I was born July 6, 1987 at Millenberg Hospital in Plainfield, New Jersey to Annie Akins, who's my mother, and Albert Anderson Sr., who's now deceased, who's my father. Um, I was two days late. I was supposed to be born on the 4th of July. My mother drove herself to the hospital, and when she got there, I was halfway out. In the delivery room, they were screaming, mother or baby, mother or baby, meaning they had to choose between the two of us. I was 10 pounds, 4 ounces. I actually almost took my mother's life. And um, in order to get me out, they had to break my arm. So I was a 10 pound, 4 ounce baby in the ICU with a broken arm. And um, my father actually did not sign my birth certificate because I came out rosy red. So I looked nothing like him. When I came into this world, I came in with one arm. And it kind of set the stage for my entire life. I basically came in the world fighting, uh, fighting for my life, fighting for survival. And you guys will kind of hear what I mean in my timeline and the story that follows. So take this walk with me. I don't remember much of my life before the age of five. My mother married my stepfather, who owned the name Bacardi because he liked to drink, um, when I was five years old. And um, his real name is John. And he is the father to my three younger siblings, who two of which are twins, and my youngest baby brother, Jamil. So there are six of us all together, and I'm actually my mother's only daughter. So when they met, my father actually committed a robbery, robbed his best friend right after my mother's um, and father's wedding, which actually sent us on a long journey of traveling and moving from state to state. From the time I was about six years old to up until about 18, I lived in a total of 10 different states. So we moved around a lot and I lived mostly in the South. So by the time I was six, seven years old, we stayed in Mississippi, Indiana, and Kentucky. And we kind of just bounced around from place to place. And in that time is when I found out about nonprofit organizations, which kind of gave me a love and understanding to help other people because there were strangers who would just reach out to us and we basically lived out of the car. So there were strangers and different nonprofit organizations who would come together to help us to make sure we had food, to make sure we had shelter, to make sure we had the necessities. In that time, I also attended Baptist churches and Baptist churches is where I found the love of Christ. And I learned more about God and that's kind of where my upbringing in a traditional sense really came from as far as being very in tune with 
Christianity, even though I don't claim to be Christian. I do identify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as a part of my spiritual awakening as I know it today. So when I was about nine years old and we lived in Indiana, I had my first boyfriend, or so I thought was a boyfriend because I wasn't allowed to have any at that young. Um, He was a 13-year-old, blonde-haired, blue-eyed white boy by the name of Patrick, and I was madly in love with this boy. He actually gave me my first cassette tape, which was Black Street, and I listened to that tape back and forth, back and forth. Um, That kind of erased my colorism or seeing color at a very young age because I was I thought he was the most beautiful person in the world but in that time I also had a girlfriend which is when I discovered my sexuality at a very young age her name was Amber and of course me raising up in or growing up in the church you know I was taught that homosexuality was a sin that you were not supposed to have these feelings. So she and I would hide and kiss each other and, you know, hold hands and do innocent things at nine years old. I didn't really know much about sex, of course, but at a very young age, I discovered a physical attraction to females and also a physical attraction to men or guys because I say in that time frame, not only did I have my first boyfriend, quote unquote, but I also had a girlfriend and it speaks a lot into my bisexuality and me being a polygamist or identifying as polygamist today. So fast forwarding to the time I was 13 to about 17. I call this time the high life because this was a time where my family and I didn't want for anything. My father was out of prison. He was always in and out of prison and my stepfather I'm talking about our entire lives. So when he was around, he was very present. And on the outside looking in, he always looked and seemed like a bad person, but I never saw that person. Only saw a man that was willing to go to endless heights to take care of his family. And that's the man that I loved. And I always saw him as a very prominent figure in my life because he made me embrace myself as a black woman. He showed me who I was as a young black girl. We talked about the Black Panther Party a lot together and the Nation of Islam. So a lot of who I am is because of how he raised me. He raised me to be strong and independent. So my father was a kingpin. He was a drug kingpin. We had a three-story house. We had three cars in the garage. Our house was the party house. We never really wanted for anything. I even had a job at the age of 15 that I would just use as pocket money. So because we lived that way, you know, I kind of just did what I wanted to do. As long as I went to school and I got good grades, it was easier for me. So I had a job at the age of 15 and that's all I ever knew. Only knew how to work. Only really knew how to take care of myself while I was being taken care of. I did a lot for my younger siblings and at this time 
There's actually 10 of us in the household because my mother adopted my four cousins when my aunt passed away, her sister, in the year 2000. So there are seven boys and three girls in one household. So you can only imagine how that was. But regardless of that, my house was always full of love. So our house was the party house. All of my friends, you know, wanted to be there. All of my brother's friends, they always wanted to be in our house. So there was 10 of us. If we each have one friend over, there were 20 kids in one house at one time. We would have sleepovers and people would come knocking on the door for their children because they'd be with us all weekend. But the one thing they did know about our household is that they were safe because my father kept his lifestyle away from our household and it wasn't until I was older that I actually knew that's where our money came from. My life took a lot of ups and downs between the ages of 18 and now. I had my son by the time I was 19. I moved down south, me and my entire family. I met my husband there and we all moved to Delaware together. I got married at the age of 21 and divorced by the time I was 22. By the time I was 23, my oldest brother was sentenced to 25 years in prison for armed robbery. And that kind of made my life stop because my oldest brother was the next best thing to my father. He's my best friend. By the time I was 28, I had my daughter. Between the ages of 25 and 28, I went to school about three different times because I never really knew what I wanted to do with my life. I just knew I wanted to help people. In that time frame, I also had a relationship with my daughter's father for 10 years that was very toxic. And I actually was able to get out of that relationship and move on with my life. And in that time frame, I found public allies. I met Candace at a uh, career fair. And from there, I figured out what I wanted to be doing and how I wanted to apply my love for helping people through nonprofit organizations. Even after the first time that I've attended Public Outlaws, I had to go through some more things where I had to figure out the direction that my life was going in. Just this year, I dealt with anxiety and depression after losing my placement through Public Allies. And it was hard for me. Through that and through the pandemic, I had to regain my spirituality and find myself, which is when I started my podcast. And I was able to get back here to meet all of you. And I couldn't be more thankful for that because now my life feels abundant and my future is wide open and I couldn't be more grateful.